This podcast is made possible through Echoic, a media company dedicated to building your podcast. Whether you are a business looking to expand your marketing presence or a creative wanting a new outlet for your voice, Echoic is here to help. Visit echoicmedia.com to start your next podcast. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the five song mixtape where we discuss a new mix each and every episode. My name is Michael. Watashi wa Devin. And I'm RJ. Nice. Week two. Week two. We've got RJ's mix here for week two. This is mine. Um, let's start off with the name. Uh, uh, the name of my playlist <laughs> this, this week uh, is... For a pessimist, I'm pretty optimistic. Why? Why is this the name of your mix? Most, I got it. <laughs> most of the themes on here are not the greatest, uplifting, and happy. Uh-huh. So somebody that's pessimistic for their point of view, they're optimistic. So it's like, hey, I see the worst in things, but I also see the best in the worst of things. Here's and the question. It, it's also a paramorphism. Oh. Yeah, that's why okay. I got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Because my question is, can you be an optimist if you're a pessimist? I think you can be optimistic <laughs> if you are a pessimist. But, but can you be op- you an not. optimist? No. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> well, what about this? It's like, is the glass half full or half empty? It all goes down the same. I would say even on a day that I feel optimistic, I am still a pessimist. So you define yourself as a pessimist. I think that who's occasionally optimistic. Yeah. Well, in my optimism, it's pessimism. Does that make sense? You have optimistic doubt. Or I'm just like, well, everyone's dying. (laughs) (laughs) Again, facts and logic. (laughs) Literally the biggest listener to my mixtape is Mike. (laughs) 800 plays. Yeah. All right, so it's a Paramore song. Yes. Yes. And it ties into the theme of the mix, which is uplifting but sad. Mm-hmm. Sad lifting. Sad lifting. Yes. <laughs> I love when I get sad lifted. Just also what I do when I'm depressed and in the garage with my weight. <laughs> Just crying and doing reps. Deadlifts. <laughs> so explain to us your mythology of picking these songs. What'd you do? Um, a lot of the songs of I just enjoy their overall feel of them. And I know last time we talked about how Mike loves themed albums. Mm-hmm. So most of these on here are concept albums for these songs and they set the tone for the rest of the album minus a couple of them. But for the most part, it's like, Hey, here's the in- introduction of what I'm going to be talking about on this next journey that we're taking for the, the, the songs. Now, I saw that in my research on three of the songs, they're listed from concept albums. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. And yeah, I was yeah. not happy. <laughs> oh, I, I, you said that. And if you if you uh, remember from the last one, you said that. And I was like, mm, just wait. <laughs> just you wait. 
<laughs> it seems silly. Like I understand you're following a through line of like a character or something like that. It just it just seems silly to me. Concept albums. Well, just this these type of concept albums, right? Like if you're gonna build some mythological story that's like huge yeah. and overlapping, I get. Yeah, I get it. But if you're just gonna be telling a damaged relationship between two people, yeah, then I'm just like just say it's you that's the funny thing is like we were talking about concept albums a few weeks ago and i completely forgot about all these albums yeah like i didn't even think of them as concept albums even though they technically are but they're not about anything of substance really like they're just a no they're just about them it's a long song (laughs) yeah it's just an album long song but well we'll get into that later yeah yeah well this is where like i'd be curious to know with these guys because i would say so uh mark Marin had a thing where like he didn't understand where certain songs came from with songwriters they he assumed that if a songwriter is writing a song it's about them but there are songwriters who write songs that have nothing to do with them and they just think it's a cool story yeah and these songs don't come off like that they come off very personal so i don't know I don't yeah. know. It's not like Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, she writes songs from other people's perspectives that have nothing to do with her. You mean it's she just... didn't know Jolene? Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's get into it. Starting off at number one on the mix. Do you want to? I'll let you introduce the song real quick. I got a question. Okay. <laughs> were these so the songs? Were these like your favorite songs by each of the artists? Or did you pick them based on the playlist? Uh, all the songs on here are the first tracks of the albums, except uh, one of them. Oh, yeah. The song mm. that doesn't belong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That <Okay>. makes sense. <laughs> see. Wait. Okay. So, okay. We'll get to that one <laughs> later. All right. So, are they they're just the first songs on the albums? Or did you like pick them to... Uh, to fill out the playlist in I a certain way. I had songs, and then I noticed one of them didn't fit very well. <laughs> no, hold on. <laughs> and then I noticed I had seven songs for my mixtape, so I had to take off a couple. <sighs> oh, okay. So because like... of that, I wanted to know what you guys would have thought if I threw the other ones on there, but we'll Ooh, save this for later. Yeah, save that for the end. I'm curious if we should add like a bonus, like one or bonus. two songs, you know? Yeah. Like a wild card. Yeah. So if like, because like I've had one song that completely doesn't fit. Like a secret track? Yeah. Mm. Like a... Something jazzy? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Maybe something 45 minutes long. But something that you can take the place of one of the other songs and be like, these five songs are good. Yeah. But this one... <laughs> Honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, RJ, introduce your first song on your mix. Uh, the first song on RJ's mixtape is a, uh, an album uh, called Pedals for Armor by Haley Williams, the lead singer of Paramore's solo project. And the first song is called Simmer. Yeah. Um, I have not heard this song before. I had heard it in passing. I didn't really like sit down and listen to it before mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard most of that Haley Williams album beforehand, but kind of just in the background. I never listened to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, so Haley Williams, American singer-songwriter who is best known for lead vocalist and primary songwriter and keyboardist of the rock band Paramore. Uh, she's from Mississippi and moved to Tennessee um, in 2002 or something when she was 13. And then in 2004, she formed Paramore uh, alongside Josh Farrow, Zach Farrow, and Jeremy Davis. So she was like 15. Mm, yeah. yeah, she was a teenager when she st- first started. That's right. Yeah. Now, is she anti-red hair at this point, RJ? I think it's kind of over it. <laughs> <laughs> she does have a uh, a hair dye that she's... It's her business that she does where oh, she sells like smart. hair color. Because, of course, you're going to think of that. You're going to think of like punk music and yeah. stuff like that. Whatever you want to put with the Paramore type genre. She is anti-eyebrows, though, right? Mm-hmm. Depends on the music video. That's true. <laughs> I think she put them back for the newest one. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Paramore, that band, they've released five studio albums, um, which uh, I have only heard maybe two of them. I have really? Okay. The rest of them. Which ones did you hear? Just the first two. The So the third one was Riot? No, Riot's second. the second. Brand new eyes, and then they had a self-titled, and then after laughter. Then all I think we know after laughter, I really liked also. Hmm. Brand new eyes, I can't remember listening to that one, but I know I've heard a few albums, and I was surprised that I liked some of the newer stuff. By yeah, them. I like those first two albums. Yeah, I thought after they were laughter great. is the one with the catchy tunes. Yeah, after laughter had like some like catchier than right. Yeah, they yeah. had some like oh. disco sounding songs oh. that actually worked. No, no, they actually <laughs> worked. Like I was skeptical. Like I, I heard some of the beats and I was like, "This is like a disco drum beat." Yeah, I'm not gonna like this. It's and like it got 80s into it it's catchy as fuck. I feel 80s meets Paramore. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see. So she's uh, she recorded the song "Teenagers" for the soundtrack of Jennifer's Body. And then she's collaborated with a couple of other people, including Set Your Goals and Newfound Glory. Um, now, Williams released her debut single solo song, Simmer, in January. So not too long ago. Uh, announced on the same day was her debut studio album, Pedals for Armor, which would be released in May. So it's only been out for a little bit. Um Fun tidbit, Williams is a Christian and regularly discusses her faith in relationship to her music she has criticized the judgmental nature of some of the christian community and then the pharaoh brothers cited differing attitudes on faith as contributing to their exit from paramore oh i didn't know that yeah i didn't know that she was still christian is that part of the reason that they okay stuff (laughs) Uh, zach pharaoh's back he's being the drummer sometimes on the new, like, just the new what stuff they've been doing. I think he just saw And then that Taylor paycheck. York uh, is the guitarist for Paramore right now because the other people left. Mm. And he actually produced this album. Nice. Um, yeah, so just like RJ said, this is the first song on Pedal for Armor, or Pedals for Armor. One. Uh, there's one, two, and three for Pedals for Armor. Um, it was kind of released as, a, I think, a, just the teaser if you will like a little eps but it was just the f- like the first five songs the next five songs and then oh, she just I released see. all of it together Got it. okay i only knew it as that whole collection of them which i kind of listened to and like skip through it yeah 
Um, this song comes in at four minutes and 26 seconds. Um, and I'll start off by saying that this might be the best thing I've ever heard Haley do. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Go on. Um, I told it, you it was a little different. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. It's uh, uh, it's my favorite song on your mix, and it's number one. Uh, okay. Um, it, it's, a, it's a really good song. It's got some Sia vibes in there, um, which is really okay. good. Um, I can see her um, if she... No, because I don't really want... Because Sia slows things down a little bit, but kind of some of the backgrounds that she's doing reminds me of Sia. Now, it does remind me a lot, which I did not see it cited anywhere looking up the song of like an influence, but it reminds me of Peaches. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Are you you into Peaches, RJ? Uh, The fruit? Are you you familiar with the Teaches of Peaches? (laughs) Sucking on my titties like oh, you yeah. me. Yes. <laughs> I just remember uh, the first time I heard that song, I was in Adrian's car driving down through Shingle Springs, just blaring it as loud as it can be <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> but yeah, she actually got kind of popular more recently. Yeah, she was on yeah. Marin like maybe three or four years ago. Really? It was a really good interview. Yeah. Huh. Peaches for me. <laughs> different peaches um yeah Devin, how'd you feel towards simmer i thought that was interesting because i like paramore like i've listened to a bunch of their albums you know they're not like one of my favorite bands but i legitimately like them this was my least favorite song on the mix oh and my least favorite song on her album that pedals for armor album oh interesting yeah i, I haven't listened, listened to, to this one 30 times to try to get into it and there's something about it that is like mute mathy like the mm-hmm. the melody to it i couldn't get behind it's like muse or mute math something just didn't click with me and i tried like i have it stuck in my head right now and yeah. i don't like it <laughs> i love it because of that it sounds so cinematic to me like yeah i i can see it in a movie yeah that's the reason why i like it just yeah. like the the pacing of it it's very quick with that weird drum beat that they're having in the yeah. background. Yeah, I got some like slight Radiohead vibes. From oh it, yeah, yeah, like yeah. In Rainbow Zero, oh, yeah. <laughs> which I liked, but on the other songs, I felt that she did the the Radiohead stuff better. Mm. And I listened to this one like twenty, thirty times before I even dove into the rest of the album just to make sure I wasn't biased. But this song just didn't do it for me. Hmm. I couldn't do it. Yeah, RJ. Uh, so this song, there are some other songs on the album that are better, th- that are worse. And this one, I knew this one was the single. And there are parts of the song that I could be like, all right, you could have changed that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But there are the catchiness. There are the the feelings of the album. Just kind of, this is not Paramore. Yeah. This is something different. And I feel like that just kind of showed that off. Like literally, especially for a first track versus me just, you know, putting this in your car and putting your cassette in yeah and pushing play um and just all of a sudden you know guitar and drums blaring at you so i was like i want to introduce with a nice little softer song as a departure from paramore that totally makes sense see like this song doesn't come off soft to me this is like doing cocaine in a club and just like less gain less gain and less distortion yeah 
<laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I was pumped on this first song. I was like, all right, we are getting Where are we into going it? on this journey. <laughs> okay. So this didn't really fit with the rest of the playlist to me. I felt that this was the outlier, but there was also one more. No, I don't think that this is the outlier. Okay. That's interesting because I know which one you're talking yeah. about. Well, it's the pacing of the song is what keeps it consistent with the back end of the mix. Yeah. For me. Is that okay? <laughs> we'll get there. I'm seeing this a little differently now. All right, all right. Um, yeah, I don't have anything bad to say about the song. I thought it was great. I'm really excited to listen to this album because, uh, like I said, it's my favorite thing I've heard from her. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on to track two here. Um, now, when I saw this band's name, I'd never heard of them before, and I was just irritated when I read the band's name. <laughs> <laughs> but then when I looked into it more, I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. All right, so we've got Our Apartment by Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties off the album We Don't Have Each Other. Um, Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties is a solo project of the Wonder Years frontman Dan Soupy Campbell. Um, I was never a huge Wonder Years fan um, for whatever reason. I just never got into them. They're just like one of those bands that was around. That mm-hmm. Their earlier reason. stuff was uh, yeah. kind of like Set Your Goals era, yeah. but not as good as Set Your Goals right. at that time. Yeah, I will say their later stuff, very good. Mm-hmm. Compared to that older stuff, like yeah, really it just stuff. they sounded like they really wanted to be saves the day when I had heard them. Oh yeah, in their early stuff, okay. I was just like, yeah, so. yeah, like tell them they should have been here like five, ten years before that. Yeah, yeah, and, and tried harder. Fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. So it's defined as a character study conducted through music. <sighs> oh, uh, Campbell is taking on the persona of Aaron West. Um, yeah, so the album is a concept record detailing the worst year of Aaron's life from start to finish. The album consists of nine original songs and one cover song, uh, Going to Georgia by the Mountain Goats. Uh, Campbell is said to have added the song to the album, not because the song continued the story, but because he liked the song. Doesn't make sense to me if you're making a concept album. (laughs) I have read that the actual singer, Dan, and his wife are very happy together, which has nothing to do with this concept album. You you can't tell me that he's not... It's it's such a hard thing. Like, when you're writing a a story or creating characters, Mm -hmm. there is always typically a piece of you it's got to be based in reality somewhere yes yeah it's either a piece of you or a piece of someone that you've met yeah that's basically how most things are created and i've listened to this album a bunch of times oh have you and i love it but it is a very dark album it's a very dark story it is very cinematic for a pessimist Uh, yeah it's pretty optimistic (laughs) thank you Uh, this song seemed pretty happy yeah, I haven't heard anything. The else. theme of the whole album, like a lot of it, is pretty happy. You got the catchy melodies. You got like mm-hmm. just, uh, the good uh, everything together. They'll throw mm-hmm. in random like horns. They'll throw like the banjo in, and I'm like, oh, that's I like how that sounds. And that uh, going to Georgia. That yeah. you heard that Mountain Goat song? Yeah. Or have you heard the Mountain? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Such a good cover yeah. of that song, in my opinion. I mean. Mm-hmm. 
it's kind of weird for a pop punk singer to be doing a Mountain Goats cover. His voice is, I like his voice better on this than yeah on the Wonder, Wonder Years. Years. Yeah, it's more pronounced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's whiny, but in a good way. It's my type of whiny. It's a storytelling voice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. See, that's my problem with concept albums. Is so like I'm a huge Jeff Magnum fan and Nutramilk Hotel. Oh yeah. And he just makes great songs that are about yeah. weird things and weird people doing weird things. Yeah. <laughs> like I I just I don't know why you need to form a whole concept around it. But if um, he did a whole album as a concept album. That was cohesive. Uh, he he's too pretentious to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, so this is number one on the album, coming in at three minutes and thirty four seconds. Um, yeah, I've not heard this band or this song before, so another new one for me. Yeah. All right. um, RJ, why did you choose this song as your second track after the Haley Williams song? So minus the Haley Williams song sounding like, you know, just being on cocaine and <laughs> I was originally thinking about putting this as the first song and I decided that because the theme of this one, because, you know, the Haley Williams one, they were just like, it, it's the built up anger and rage inside of her, like for yeah. the, the Haley Williams song. So it's like, you know, the hatred, the, the builds inside of you. You don't know where it comes from versus this song. It's like, ah, oh, somebody broke up with me. Mm-hmm. I felt like maybe it's like, OK, we'll get the vibe and like the, the uplifting music of Haley Williams into the OK. Now here's just like an acoustic song about me being broken up with and I'm sad. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm going to throw it all in your face after that. <laughs> <laughs> so so the back half of your mix is anger. It's just louder. There is a steady <laughs> progression. Just louder. That I just noticed when we sat down and like we we're talking about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I noticed a steady progression throughout the playlist. I would that I, say it gets angrier. Yeah. You start off like kind of For mellow. But interestingly enough, the themes lyrically of each of the songs would fit better in a different order. Like the, the right, last I, song being the angriest sounding song. Oh, yeah. Hold on. All right, all right. <laughs> okay. I thought that too. Well, yeah. But then there's a bunch yeah. of ways that you could mix it up. But anyways, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't have any complaints about this song. I thought it was a great song. Because honestly, it's, you know, the heartbreak. And it's kind of just, hey, this is the introduction to it. And I, as the whole album, it's fantastic. I think it's a wonderful introduction to, hey, this is the, you know, this is the depression that I'm about to go on with yeah. you. And everything else that's uh, that's with it, and uh, it's it's hard following. So I was thinking about this, and I listened to this mix a couple of times. Where the Haley Williams song "Simmer," it's really hard to figure out what should follow that. Yeah, it's almost like it's such a unique sounding song that it's really hard to pick anything that would be perfect to follow it so mm-hmm. regardless what follows it because the first time i heard it, i was like oh that's a weird transition because i'm like da, 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 yeah. <laughs> into like mellow but like the more i listened to it the more i was just like i don't think that like i can't think of a proper song to really go after that song unless it's another like Haley williams song. yeah <laughs> or like fe- it would have to be almost the same thing like yeah, female exactly. singer songwriter newfound glory featuring Haley williams <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> or, or what about like bob and eminem featuring <laughs> <laughs> just, just any of her featured tracks <laughs> yeah um 
Yeah, I I love this song. Oh, okay. For me, this was this was the top song on the playlist. Um, I had heard the song before. I'd heard this album before. And this is an interesting song in the sense that as a standalone song, it does tell good enough a story for you to, to end off there. Mm-hmm. And it's the intro song to the album. But as far as the album goes, it is it made me look at the album differently because it starts off like this and goes a completely different direction. Like hmm. you see this guy's progression trying to get his wife back and it just goes down a real dark path. Okay. It's it's really good. It yeah. is a good album to listen to. Um but I felt like his voice is different than the Wonder Years and it's more of a storytelling type of voice. Like he has a, a catchy chorus and catchy melodies, but he's also able to just like speak a story and not make it sound like he's just talking. Mm-hmm. Like not a lot of people can do that. Like the first song, the Haley Williams song, I didn't know what she was singing about and I listened to it a bunch of times, but I got (laughs) lost in the melody. Yeah. You know, with his, he had a good melody, but I still, like he made me listen to the the story. came through. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the feel of that acoustic, you know, harmonica type stuff. Um, And it, yeah, it fits. It is hard to go from that Haley Williams song to another song. Yeah. It's, that that's why you consider it probably the outlier song, the Haley Williams. Yeah, because yeah. the rest because it's so hard to make a transition from that song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And are we? So are we doing the scoring? Oh, we will at the end. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on the song, RJ? Um, with the song, I just overall the album yet again. I I like this as an intro song because. I feel each song on the album tells its own story, the ups, the downs, and it kind of goes its different way. Like everyone could, I I believe could be just a solo track. You can listen to it and be like, Oh, that's an interesting thing you just had to go through. Mm -hmm. And everyone sounds different. Mm -hmm. It has its own, like, you know, different instruments they throw in there. And you know, that last song on there, I think it's going to Georgia is the last song. Yeah. Which it's interesting that that is the, the conclusion a pre-written song is a conclusion for his concept album. Hmm. So but like it doesn't the fit into the there. narrative of mm-hmm. the concept, but it doesn't fit into the narrative. It does. Right? It does. Oh, it does. It does. Okay. It's kind of strange because it's almost like he wrote the concept album based around this song. Because if you listen to the songs, he's like, I'm, I'm going to go to Georgia and I'm going yeah. here. So then he's he, like plans it. Hmm. In he his fits that into part. there really nicely. That's cool. And like I, in his cover, I recognize it as a mountain goat song even though I had never really heard the Mountain Goat song before. Okay. It still sounds like he still captured that strange quality to the Mountain Goats. Yeah. And it fits within the whole album because he starts off with this kind of like, you know, jaunty acoustic song, and then it goes into just full-blown mania mm-hmm. in the end. It's great. It's a really yeah. good album. Yeah. I thought the song was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good song. All right. Let's move to number three. Track three here from I'm feeling it. Mix. <laughs> uh, we got Stockholm Syndrome by Blink 182, author's self titled album. Um, all right, so everyone knows Blink 182. I forget that they were they started in 1992. 
Like I totally forget that. Oh yeah, yeah. all the time yeah, for a long time. Yeah, it's so crazy to me that they're still doing stuff. That's why I'm just like, stop, just stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Especially um, now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because I mostly associate them with like around the year 2000. So to think that like they had already been something for eight years is like crazy to me to think about. Yeah. Because they really didn't like. Um, what's the What's the big album that got them famous? In another state. And what year? Uh, 99. Yeah, 99. So, yeah, into that 2000 is, like, when they really That's blew the, what's up. what's my age again and yeah. all the small things. Yeah. Yeah, and to think that they were already, like, a seasoned band by that point is just weird mm-hmm. to think about because yeah. they're so young still. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, Blink-182 is their fifth studio album by the um, band. It was released in 2003 off of Geffen Records. Uh, following their ascent to stardom and success to, of their prior two releases, the trio was compelled to take a break, break and subsequently participated in various side projects, including Boxcar Racer and The Transplants. Uh, when they regrouped, okay. they felt inspired to approach song structure and arrangements differently on their next effort together. Um, so the album is described as a darker and more mature than the band's earlier work. Is that accurate, RJ? I would say so. We're going to our Blink-182 expert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And from what I was reading and what I can understand that uh, this album and this tone of the album was really built off of Boxcar Racer. Is that accurate or no? I mean, you could say maybe similar styles on some songs. Uh, I know just kind of just knowledge that I hear... Uh, they did kind of the boxcar racer thing. Mm. And then Mark was like, I want a band too. You guys are supposed to be with me. So yeah. there was some issues with that. Some jealousy. So they're Just like, little bitch. <laughs> so he basically came back to do this new album. And Travis is like, okay, don't we, what we should do is not think of this as a blink album. Let's think of this as our first blink album. Oh, that's let's cool. use experimenting. Let's try this. Let's try that. And I guess Tom, the guitarist and lead singer, he was just like, it was a perfect time to be on lots of weed, lots of pills and watch a lot of porn. And that's what drove us to make this album. Hmm. Weird, mm-hmm. weird combo. Damn, I could have made a Blink-22 <laughs> album at that time. <laughs> um, what's interesting about this album is because this song, this album has a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's when this album came out, you could not, not see the album cover everywhere. Like, on people's shirts, stickers. Like, it was just on TV. It was just everywhere the album cover was. They were yeah. trying to do that. They're like, we want something new to brand us. Yeah. So yeah. they did the new new artwork. And, um, yeah, and this album has at least, like, five hits that I remember, like, on it. But what's weird is I don't disassociate early Blink-182 to this Blink-182. Like, they sound like the same band still, which that doesn't happen all the time. Hmm. Like, I would say, even though I give Green Day shit, I can see Dookie Green Day to yeah. American Idiot Green Day. They they seem like the same band. To me. Yeah. And the same thing with this Blink album is they seem like the same band still. And this is their self-titled album? Yeah. I wonder if they were, like you said, Mark they're trying to go back. the untitled album. The untitled? Yeah. Okay. What a bitch. Yeah. On, you it know. seems like he's just being a little bitch. <laughs> But yeah, that makes sense that they were trying to kind of go back to what they were. But 
still like acknowledge that they have been a band for 10 years not or so. going back to where they from like where they came from but one of those where we made this what's my age again again is my sound yeah this has to be our new album and it's exactly. like no let's pretend we never made a song before and let's start brand new today yeah so it's like literally you know whatever experimenting we want to try whatever weird eerie sounds we want to throw in that's blink style hmm yeah um uh, I remember mostly from this album, uh, Down's probably my favorite song off the album. And part of it has to do with the music video. Um, that Is music it the video. layered one? Yeah. No, well, that, it's like there's like a dude being chased by the cops through L.A. Okay, and so that's that one. So Always, yeah. I think, is that, that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and I really liked I Miss You. Mm-hmm. Always really liked that song. Um, I would say that. Any- Where are you? <laughs> I hate that fucking song so much. <laughs> See, there's something about like his voice. <laughs> no, like there's a whininess that if it's done right to me, it yeah. elevates it so much. And yeah. that whininess just gets through enough for me that I'm like, okay, I like it. <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't like Eminem. It's because of his voice. He's whiny? He's whiny. He oh, does have weird. a little... Yeah. Like okay. if you, like listen to think about him talking and then Think about him forcing out a rat, you know? <laughs> like, he's got it. it. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, it's kind of nasal. It's weird. It's going to be all Blink and Eminem. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. And Green Day, just for you. I'm yeah. a huge Chris Caraba fan and Dashboard Confessional, and I just <sighs> love yeah. that voice. And he has yeah. that nasal, very whiny voice that I'm just in love with. I, lo- I like it so much. <laughs> I don't, yeah. That, that's borderline whiny yeah yeah i've never noticed that before but i love it um let's see here so um uh sonically expansive and downcast leading critics to view it as more elaborate mature side of the band uh the songwriting is more personal in nature and explores darker territory touching upon the realities of adulthood and unexpected hardships um fans were generally split uh, regarding the uh, band's new direction, but the album proved successful, selling 2.2 million copies. Pretty crazy. Mm. Um, yeah, so this is track number five on the album, uh, the, okay. the Departure. Oh! Yes. Oh, another twist. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> every other four out of the five songs on this mix are track one. Yeah. This is the only song that's not a track one off the album and is a track five. See, when you said that earlier, I didn't know that this wasn't a track one. I thought it was some other song. Yes. Okay. I knew you were talking about this one. (laughs) Well, I knew I picked the songs too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So when I think of this song, because I've heard it lots before, when I think of this song, I think of other songs in the album. Like, I'll start doing the melody in my head, and then, like, soon I'll go to another song's melody. And I, it's nothing against the song. It's just, it's not, there's better songs for me on the album. So I'm curious as to, is this your favorite song from the album? Like, why did you pick this song out of the, like, half the songs are hits? I think I enjoy the track before with the letter being read mm-hmm. into this one. I like the feel of that and how they kind of relate with each other. Yeah. Favorite song on the album? No. Um, hmm. 
I don't know if I could pick one. I know I was struggling with this one in Neighborhoods, their other album, yeah. which one to pick. But I was like, honestly, I want to pick a song that sounds like Blink. Because mm-hmm. obviously they go back and forth, and that is Blink. That is, that's always been them where they share the melodies back and forth. And it was just, you know, just Travis drumming. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt it was a good feel for them, but it was slightly different from What's My Age Again. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, let's introduce this, and you'll probably hear it, you know... 20 other Blink songs. So it's it's not the extreme departure. It's just like mm-hmm. a slight departure. And I feel like it was a nice mix to my other songs on the album. Mm. A little louder. I thought this one fit decently yeah. in the mix. Yeah. Sonically. But <laughs> Sonically. <laughs> to be technical about it. But uh, lyrically, I didn't, I didn't even bother to look up the lyrics. I, Is this song about Stockholm Syndrome? RJ? I don't know the exact meaning of it, but I think it's just somebody feeling lost and just kind of, I don't know. I try to relate them with yeah. the title, but then you look at the previous, like the, 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 the letter being written by Mark's grandfather hmm. to the grandmother. And I was like, that's not really being like captive either. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just him being like, I'm at war and I miss you. Mm. I miss you should have been the next track. <laughs> yeah, I don't really, I don't like Blink-182. Um, <laughs> everybody knows this. RJ knows this. But I got a bumper sticker. Uh, yeah, I got the whole thing. I'm in the anti-fan club. The anti-flag club. Yeah. Um, they uh, they just never did it for me. Like I, there's a few songs that I can listen to, but I will never choose to listen to Blink. Yeah, it's like the only it's nostalgia, where it's like you not don't even know for me. For me, it's nostalgia because it's like it's not even like it's not in a good way. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's like Papa Roach for yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah like okay. Papa Roach is nostalgia, but not in a good uh, okay. way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They were were around everywhere. Yeah. Dark times in my past. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The blink times. (laughs) The blink years. But I will say. (laughs) I will say that I hadn't heard the song before because I gave up listening to them after Enema of the State. Hmm. You listen to them all the time, RJ, but. I, I just never like paid attention or something. (laughs) Just that being said, (laughs) this song I really I liked for a blink song. Like, it's my favorite one that I've heard so far <laughs> out of it's, all of the Blink-182 songs that I have heard. So for putting up with it, it's it was so fine. dismissive. Yes. It's good for a Blink, for blink. song. <laughs> yes. But it's still Blink-182. No, the, the instruments, like the instrumentation sounded really good. Yeah. Um, if I didn't know it was Blink-182 going into it, I would be really into the song. You can hear from the voices. Well, the voices didn't come in until like a little bit later, so there's still some time with that intro, and it sounded really cool. Do you like the drums? Yeah, yeah, I like all of it. That interesting. Interestingly, yeah. What What's cool about the sound of the song is in the research it says here that it was rec- recorded using a microphone dating back to the 1950s, and the reverb on the vocals was achieved by playing the recordings into a shower, and then the drum fills for the song were recorded separately than the rest of the tracks uh, with the <laughs> tape machines. Just a side note, I think it's funny that 
bands did so much recording wise to change oh, the sound yeah. back in the 2000s when mp3s were becoming popular which they were going to compress anyways. the fuck yeah, out of it exactly. anyways and nobody's going to be able to tell the difference yeah like i bought a taking back sunday vinyl like the original um tell your friends, friends vinyl yeah it's the worst sounding vinyl oh, that yeah. i have well that album sounds bad generally on mp3 is fine uh, on vinyl there's something to it that does not sound right I, I I think on MP3 it sounds bad too. Like Head Club, that song does not sound great. There, yeah, the recording wasn't done like no, it's not professional. Which yeah. that's what to it's expect out of that album. Yeah, but there's something about it just being trained. Like you think everything on vinyl sounds better, but no, it's the <laughs> no. way it was recorded no. that's <laughs> important. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I I think the song is a good song. It's not my, obviously, it's not my favorite Blink-182 song. <laughs> um, what is your favorite Blink song? Uh, might be Down, I guess. Okay. Only because the music video. That's on the same album? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Side note. Yeah. Uh, they were called, they were going to be called Duct Tape for Blink-182. Duct cool. Tape or Duct Tape? Duct what does Blink-182 mean? Um, I know a little bit about this. <laughs> Well, duct tape, they were doing that, then they changed the name to Blink, and then apparently it was an Irish electronica band that were like, hey, we're Blink, you can't name yourself that. So they picked up the 182, which those over the years, you know, every story was like, oh, we, it's for this, it's for that, it's for this. They um, just made it up and kind of assigned That's what one person it. said. It was just literally they were on tour, and they're like, you need to change your name right now. It's like, all right, well, 182. Uh, I, I guess a more few years back tom said it was they're pronouncing it wrong it's supposed to be 18 to and it's supposed yeah, to signify like the 18th letter r nope, nope. or something like that yeah. and then of course it's been said like you know sexual things and whatever yeah. blink sexual things with. i don't know, you know 182 <laughs> what's the sex move 182 yeah <laughs> Google. it's a 69 times 2 <laughs> minus 10 see obviously <laughs> You know, minus 10. <laughs> we all did it, it in college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just double anal. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the song works after track two. Does the, that make sense? Uh, like the this, album? Song, this song works as track three following track two. Oh, okay. Does that make uh, sense? I thought so following too. on the yeah. playlist or on the actual album? On RJ's mix. It follows track two properly. Yeah. Like yeah, I feel yeah. like those two work really well together. Mm -hmm. And with just those first three songs, I would still see a little bit of cohesion. Um, Haley Williams, Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties, and then Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, but not. It's hard. <laughs> Again, I want to talk about rearranging. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right, so going into track number four here, um, I am very familiar with this song. It's one of my favorite songs. Uh, Flowers and You by Tuche Amore off of stage four. Um, so this is a post-hardcore band from L.A. They've been around for a long time. Um, I would say that I did not like them when I was younger. I remember hearing them like in high school or coming out of high school. And I heard them, and I did not like them. 
Um, was it the uh, Parting the Sea Between Brightness and Me album? No, it was before that. Oh, uh, To the Beat of a Dead Horse. Yeah. Okay. That stuff is like Very different. metal. Very different. Yeah. yeah. It, they didn't quite capture what they were able to do with the post-hardcore stuff. Um, very earlier in their career. And it really wasn't until that album, uh, Part in the Sea, uh, which is 2011, that I started to like them more um, and actually give them a chance. And it really was this album that I was just like, this is one of the greatest bands ever. Mm, Okay. For a post-hardcore band, like this band goes up there, especially this album, in my like easy top 10. Yeah. uh, Just because of this album. Would you call it a concept album? I mean, I don't care. Yeah, they can yeah. call it whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did they call it a concept album? Uh, I believe it has so. a theme to it, but I think there needs to be a difference between a themed album and a concept album. It, well, okay. For most of the the concept albums, it's about somebody else's Else, story. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. supposedly. But Jeremy's just like, "Hey, my mom died." Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna sing about it. Right. Yeah, that's more personal. So I guess that is more of a themed album, but. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of was a, I don't know, was a concept album. Um, so they released this album, which is their fourth album off uh, on Epitaph uh, back in 2016. Uh, the title of the album uh, takes on a double meeting, hinting at both the fact it's the band's fourth album, full-length album, and also the highest level of cancer staging. So pretty interesting there. Uh Coinciding with the album's announcement in June 2016, the band released the track Palm Dreams for online streaming. The track is about Bohm uh, realizing he will never fully understand why his mom uh, moved to California in the 1970s. He elaborated, I assume that because she was from a small town, her eyes were wide with the concept of Hollywood. I'm sure someone else in my family could tell me, but it wouldn't be her answer. If the song inspires anyone to ask the questions they've never ta- asked their loved ones, I'd call it a success. Hmm. Um, so yeah, Flowers and You is the first track off the album, coming in at 3 minutes and 34 seconds. Um, I fucking love this song and this album. Uh, I have um, a mix that I work out to, and this always, I, I just press shuffle, and it'll pop on. <laughs> so yeah, I have this whole album into a mix. Uh, for a workout so I, I have a workout mix on spotify and it has like probably 30 albums on it and it just like tracks through them and um this one's on there um love them gave them a second chance because i had heard them when i was younger didn't like them and then they came out with the parting of the seas album or whatever. And I was just like, okay, they're getting better. And then it really was Dustin who was like, I fucking love this album. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh really? That's weird. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that they were still making music. Cause I'd, cause I, cause it had been five years since I'd heard them. Yeah. Um, and he's like, Oh yeah, it's so good. You got to listen to it. And I was like, okay, cool. So I gave it a chance. Uh, I normally when like on a post hardcore band or album that I haven't heard before, I listen to it while working out. It helps me get into it better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I heard it and I was like, Holy shit, this song and this album is just fucking fantastic. It is kind of weird to have, a song on your workout playlist about a woman dying of cancer. Yeah, I don't. But <laughs> the whole album fits. Like, yeah. the song fits. Yeah. Like, it has a lot of energy to it. Yeah. Well, it has that, like, perfect, when you 
go to this could be if if someone asked you what's post hardcore you can show them one of these songs from this album to be like this is post hardcore yes i would say like i don't even know if it's a category but like we were talking about before with all these categories yeah. like neo hardcore yeah it's like <laughs> They had, you know, the specific hardcore style that came out in the 80s and some stuff in the 90s that didn't really matter. Yeah. And then it kind of had a resurgence in the early, starting in the early 2000s and still going on. Yeah. That is the same ethos of the original hardcore style, but it's slightly different sound. Whereas well, like post-hardcore, you know, like evolving from Fugazi and Rites of Spring. Yeah. Kind of went its separate direction. Went kind of evolved into indie music in a way. Yeah, I I, I always like to explain post-hardcore as if you just take Minor Threat and Fugazi and just put them together. Yeah. Like yeah. that that to me explains post-hardcore really well. And uh it, especially coming from like the same guy, it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. too. Um so yeah, it's it's always a weird explanation, but for me like if I was to explain someone even melodic hardcore like this would still kind of bump into that category yeah. for these bands that came out during a certain era and this band was able to keep evolving as a band way later yeah. while the other bands they were just kind of dead and gone and that's the thing it fits the the hardcore label the neo hardcore label and also the post hardcore label yeah they have a lot of styles that they blend well right and there's something about it that's not just straightforward hardcore, and it is melodic, but it's mm-hmm. not melodic hardcore. Exactly. It's Touche Amore. It's their yeah. own thing. Yeah. RJ, why did you pick this song to follow Blink-182? So Blink-182 has their style. <laughs> Touche, they have their style. And as you said in the beginning, they've been one of the bands. I'll throw them on. I have nothing against them. Cool. I'll listen to it. Background music, kind of stuff like that. But then I like, as you could tell, the concepts. I like the, you know, I, I, I like people coming in with be like, here's my sad story. And they tell it. Mm-hmm. I just enjoy that. Yeah. And I heard about this and I was like, dang, okay, let's see where this goes. And every track, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm just drawn in. Just the story of him, what he goes through and just like, it, it, I felt that when he was like, hey, I still have a voicemail that I haven't listened to my, by, by my mom. And I'm like, yeah. damn. Damn, son, yeah. <laughs> turn gangster and everything. Yeah, but I, I felt that, and I and I honestly, I was like, this is beautiful. I love this, and just watching his journey that he had, he went through, and just the intro track being, it's the intro tracks. It's like, hey, this yeah. is what you're about to go into, and I, I love that. And this is a fantastic album. Bought it on vinyl. Nice. And I don't know. This is this is one of my favorites by them. Yeah, no, it's a great song. I feel like it's a interesting placement <laughs> in the mix. <laughs> I have a theory that I'm gonna <laughs> okay. expose at the end here. All right. Uh, yeah, I nothing to complain about the song. I think the song is awesome. It's a great song. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. I was uh, the reason I was asking about your favorite song versus does it fit the playlist? Is yeah. is this your favorite song on that album? That you can remember. You don't um, need to like stage four. Yeah, because that is more of an album that you would listen to like all together. Like I, when I heard this, 
I was I like, I love this song. My favorite song from the album. So I listened to it and it's I was like, I fucking love this that. song. But I was like, there's another song on here that I like more, but the album goes so well as yeah. a whole that I couldn't remember it in the end of the song and I had to look it up. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things just about like hardcore bands is a lot of their albums are so cohesive with how they work together. Yeah. And it's not conceptually, it's just musically. They're just able to blend it really well. That it And the, sh- the songs are shorter for mm-hmm. the most part, except for this one. This one's pretty long for a hardcore song. Um, so a lot of times the songs are shorter and they blend really well. So like as an album, you just like listening to it all, you know? And Can you and I have it. a different... Oh, good. So I like the whole thing as a whole. You like that yeah. hole? I like the yeah. hole. <laughs> the holy hole. On the hole, in the hole. <laughs> but going back, I feel like Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties is a better cohesive beginning to end. Uh, oh, as a as album. a whole, because yeah. this one I can listen to it. I'm like, all right, that's what you're feeling. It's kind of different feelings all thrown mm-hmm. in. Yeah, and then they kind of make songs out of it. Versus, you know, this is the beginning. She died. This is now. I'm I'm, I'm rejuvenated. I feel better. But I, I feel like it's not like an A B C D kind of in a row. And I feel like. Uh, yeah, there was a lot. You can more... listen to them, and it's like I can listen to it in any order, if you will. Interestingly enough, this one's the one with uh, Skyscraper with Julian Baker, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite song. Yeah. But I love Julian Baker. Yeah. So my favorite song in it was the song Displacement. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, off the top one. of my head, I couldn't tell you how it goes. But <laughs> I knew that there was a song that I liked more on this album. That's why I was asking the for the playlist. Is it your favorite song or is it just something that kind of like popped in your head and you're like, this is going on the playlist? See, segueing to like also the, can't spell it. Segwaying to Aaron uh, West. You could spell it. <laughs> S-E-G. I feel like E-G-E-S. I could not pick Segway. a favorite song because I like the first song to the end song. With mm-hmm. uh, Touche Amore, I'm like, I think I like I like this one as one of my top songs. Okay. Because I don't need to listen to song two to be like, oh, I still like song one. And I don't yeah. need to work in order. Okay. Interesting. I was going to say, you and I have a different relationship with the hardcore bands in general. <laughs> like, that era, we got really into it. Yeah. RJ, I like to blink. Uh, exactly. Like, yeah, I don't know where you were, RJ. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, you will dip your toes into certain styles of music. Just, just the big toe in. Yeah. And pull out, like, some stuff that you really like. But you're not really into the whole hardcore scene. You know? You're not in it for the hardcore bands. It's like you pick these, these bands like Touche Amore because it does something for you that I think like Mike and I aren't getting from it sometimes, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I just thought that was interesting because yeah. you have a different style of music that you listen to. I think you guys just like, need hugs. You, <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't listen to hardcore bands for emotionality. That's the thing. Like I don't, I listen to it because I love the music the feel. of like, yeah. Like, yeah. And it's also nostalgic because it brings back like a lot of different things, but like, yeah, I, I don't listen to it to be like, Oh, I really need to go in depth to what he's trying yeah. to say. Here. It's like, oh, I need to know what modern life is war is talking yeah. about. I don't give a shit. No, just, just dead Ramones. That's, that's what they're bah, talking about. Bah, bah. <laughs> Ceremony has yeah. probably great lyrics. Yeah. Don't give a shit. <laughs> you know. But I thought that was interesting that you pulled this album. Like you really liked Touche Amore. And you were never really into like the hardcore scene at all. So I thought that was kind of interesting that you pull out these certain bands. Yeah, there's some songs that I'll be like, oh, that's cool. 
Yeah. Like that, that's the most of it. Then you'd be like, oh, here's this song. I'm like, oh, this is where his dog died. Yeah, I like yeah, this song. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because the a lot of people's progression into hardcore was like, you listen to pop punk, then you get into emo, then you get into normally you just go right into hardcore after that point. And then a lot of people went into metal. And then a lot of people went into indie after that. And then who knows what happened after that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it's uh, whatever. I, don't know. I, I think it's like anymore. electronic rap, like SoundCloud rappers. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Whatever yeah. happened to Limp Bizkit? <laughs> um, all right. So finishing off the mix here with track number five, you got Bastards by Defeater off of Letters Home. Um, I'm a huge Defeater fan. Uh, this album in particular is, again, on my workout mix. Um. So yeah, I love Defeater. Uh, they're a melodic hardcore band out of Massachusetts, formed in 2004. Um, I used to not like them because I am a half-heart person. Um, and if you listen to Half Heart and Defeater, they sound similar but different enough, and they're both Boston hardcore bands, so makes sense. And Half Heart is super positive. <laughs> Defeater is very depressing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to date, they have released five full-length albums and two EPs and three singles. Um, let's see here. Letters Home is the third studio album. Uh, like their previous releases, Letters Home is a concept album following the story of the father of the characters from these releases prior to the events of Travels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... What was your relationship with Defeater before we get into this, Mike? Uh, they were just a, a hardcore band that's just been around for a long time that I would dip my toe into every now and then. Never fall in love with, but yeah, but definitely like them. I had heard of them hmm. and never gave them much thought. Yeah. And then I bought Empty Days, Sleepless Nights, mm-hmm. which is not the best representation of what they are as a band. No. And I think I bought it on vinyl, and I think the second half of that is all acoustic songs. Mm-hmm. That's the first side I played, and I was like, is that an acoustic band? <laughs> like, I was not expecting that. Yeah. I listened to that, and just I was like, cool. Gave up on it. And then I think, I think RJ started listening to them and turned me on to them as this, like they have a huge or- overarching concept in all of their albums now. Yeah, I, I was never privy to that for a long yeah. time. I just was just like, oh, this is a song and an album, song and an album. And yeah. it wasn't until much later that I read something or someone talked about it, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's something going on there. <laughs> yeah. It's the feels. It's the suckered feels. me in. <laughs> it is. That's, yeah. The feels brought you back into it. And now, are you like a big Defeater fan? Oh, I'm huge. You're, you're <laughs> the Defeater. All, all, yeah. He's been defeated. I'm by still Defeater. waiting for the mom. Okay, the mom's not there yet. <laughs> okay, I don't even know what that means. What got you turned on to them, uh, Devin? So I, I heard. I think listening really? to that, and then I was like, <laughs> Wait, wait, wait! I just said you turned me on to them. Well, you you had your vinyl. Yeah. And I think I might have heard some songs and then you kind of said something about it. And I probably was like, cool, acoustic tracks, not even thinking about anything. Yeah. And then I think we went back to Travels and I was like, oh, this is about a story. Obviously, this is about the other brother. And then all of a sudden, Letters Home, I heard. And I was like, the first track, Bastards. And it was just like, here's the dad's story. Yeah. 
I was like, holy crap. Okay, cool. This is concept. There's there's a story. This is about a family. And it shows the, how the dad has become like, you know, an alcoholic, losing his brother, losing all this and everything else in, in the war. And I was just like, this is amazing. I, I love ex- everything that they're doing with this. Mm. I did not know <sighs> that you were this in love with the story of the songs. That's the yeah. feels. Interesting. Well, the feels and the story are two separate to me. Like, I get feels from songs because they're about heartbreak, right? Um, well, there's but, heartbreak. There's there's deceit. There's there's lies. There's yeah, but, uh, but that's like more a, of a, story, a but. good love song has nothing to do with a story. Like, uh, there's really great love songs that are just about a relationship. Like, that's I would do less, anything for love by Meatloaf. Yeah, Loaf. exactly. Yeah, the best <laughs> love song. The I won't do that. <laughs> yeah, I won't do that. What Have you, you listened you would... to Bad in a Hell? Bad out of Hell? No. It's so that's a concept album that I like. Is it? Is he really a bat trying to escape hell? <laughs> he has some great songs on that album. Ah. <laughs> that's in my workout mix. That album. So, do they explain what the thing is that he won't do for love? <laughs> I can't. Do remember. you ever find that out, or is <laughs> that like know. the eternal mystery of Meatloaf? That's uh, probably there somewhere. All right. <laughs> um. Yeah. Why did you pick this song as your closing track to this mix? As far as closing, um, I was trying to see a song that would try to put it all together, and I really couldn't think of one. And I was like, I know I like the song. It's an introduction to the album. And I wanted to put this band included with it, which is like the title of the mix. And I was like, honestly, I just, I don't really have a reason why it would be my my closer. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. It's a great song. I love the song. Love yeah. the band. Yes. Love the album. Yeah. Um, Agreed. I would say, so, okay, talking about the mix as a whole now. Okay. For me, if we're, before you turn the mix on, you're starting at zero, right? Yeah. For me, track one spikes because of the cocaine, right? <sighs> It spikes hard. Wait, wait, wait. Were you doing cocaine in a club when you listened to it? <laughs> yes. Because that'll change everything. <laughs> it spikes hard. It gets my gets me pumped, gets me going. And then bring you down. it brings right down, right? Huh. And then it comes back up again just a little bit with Blink, right? And then 2J Moore, it comes on, and it's like, okay, we're getting up again. And then this Defeater song and 2J Moore, like, they're like at the same level to me, so then it kind of plateaus. Like, it just kind of ends... With two songs. Okay. So <laughs> hmm. I was considering either putting Aaron West versus Haley Williams. And I was like, I want to introduce you with Haley Williams. Cause it's like the catchy uplifting yeah. song. Yeah. And then I'm going to bring you down <laughs> and then I'm going to whap you on your eardrums. All right. So I feel like I did that. Yeah, so, it's an interesting idea. <laughs> like, this is the joyful ride. If you didn't hear any of those other songs, it would have been a better experience for me. <laughs> so for me, there was a ramping up from zero to ten. Maybe that's well, because we weren't interested in the first song. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Yeah, you saw the artist and you're like, nice. Her- no, I've heard all these songs so many times because I wanted to like it. But that one. Maybe it was just me expecting the other songs afterwards that made me not like that song. 
Like mm-hmm. in Because the they are list. the first song, so you yeah. expect the second and so on. Yeah. All right. So this is what I would have done, RJ. Okay. <laughs> this is if I, if I was going to look at these five songs, I would have started with Flowers and You. Okay. Okay. I would have started In Your Face and I would have went the other way. I would have started, I'm going to take my dick out. I'm going to show it to you, right? Yeah. I'm going to go hard yeah. instantly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to just just settle down after that. It gets soft. Yeah. 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 So I probably would have done um, Flowers in You and then... That would be a strong opener. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would go right into Bastards because I feel like those songs, they work really well yes. together. Bastards for me was the outlier mm. for them stylistically. Because there's something about Touche Amore that I don't equate with Defeater. Mm. Maybe as a band, maybe those two songs in particular, yeah. Defeater is a little bit heavier for me. Oh, And Touche Amore, I feel, fits in the theme with uh, more so Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties. Mm-hmm. Those two go well together for me. Mm-hmm. But Defeater was kind of the outlier. Not lyrically, though. Mm. Like, lyrically, it fits. It fits, yeah. right. Originally, I had it songs, if you will, uh, five, four, three, one, two. Five, That's four, how three. I had it. So, Defeater, Touche, Amore, Blink. That's my exact order. Really? Yes. And then I was like, because Blink, no, I want to introduce it the other way. So, I flipped Blink it the other way. Blink works. That song works to bring you down. Because you're still in like the pop punk kind of yeah. fast paced versus all of yeah. a sudden I'm kind of growling at you and mm-hmm. screaming at you. I can see Blink as the closer. Yeah. No, not no, as the, the closer, middle. as the middle song. As third oh, sorry. Song. Yeah, as the transition song into oh, wait, Simmer. Blink is the... Yeah, because like you're starting off rock hard, right? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Just> raging. <laughs> but right. Blink is really going to get rid of that boner for yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Know? It's going to help bring yeah, you down. I want that on song five. And it's going to bring <laughs> you down. And then I feel like putting Simmer at track four is like a wake-up call. Forward it's again. like, oh, wait, wait, wait. There's more. And then it and then it lets you cool down at the end. And then Aaron West, yeah, for the end. No. Okay, that's how I would have done it. So it would be Defeater for one. That this is Devin's version. No, no, no. I'm asking you guys. Oh no, Touche Amore. Touche Amore. Yeah. Number one, Defeater. Defeater two. Blink. Blink three. Haley Haley Williams, Williams two. Yeah, I'd listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that. These songs necessarily, so now I understand a little bit better about why you chose the songs, because yeah. I think of like how the songs fit together musically, mm-hmm. yeah, which has nothing to do with why you chose the songs, the reason why you chose them, yeah, like it's interesting the way different people use playlists. Like you were saying, you have a playlist for working out, yeah, you know, like I'll have. A playlist for an entire month it's like this is what i'm going to listen to this month and i have albums by completely different bands and i've put it on shuffle mm-hmm. i'll have metal bands country bands and whatnot but for your workout mix like you wouldn't put Haley williams well you might put Haley no, williams on there. okay <laughs> so you wouldn't put like a julian baker or dolly parton on no there. no you no. know so it's interesting the way different people use a five song playlist yeah you know like for that first one that I did, that was like my intention behind it was to put out five songs that I liked and mm. there wasn't any cohesion in it, <laughs> you know, 
It was five kind of different styles for the yeah. most part. There wasn't really too much to keep it together. And yours, I felt like there was a lot of cohesion, but it wasn't in the music. It was in the like in the lyrics. Minus the blink, yes. But I mean, mm-hmm. minus the blink, they're the introductions to what is going to come. Yeah, yeah. But that how you explain that Blink Twenty Two album is it's the same thing, right? Like this is the new Blink. Yeah, that song is a little faster paced than the rest of the right. album. But that album and what it represents from like that album from what Blink-182 represents in their catalog is like, this is a different thing at this yeah. point. Yeah. And the Neighborhoods is a little d- different. And I felt like the last two songs for you were the most like emotional songs. And you were kind of holding back with the other ones. Going for a dick punch. Whereas like, if you picked five like strong emotional songs, that might fit better together. Even if they were different styles. Now that we know your... You think I had some that I was going to put in there. I don't want to say it because they might be on my future ones, but I feel like they would have gone together better. More of the style of like Touche and Morgan Defeater. Yeah. But then I realized I don't want all the same. I'm going to throw Haley Williams on there and then I want something that's like acoustic-y. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. All right. uh, Let's rate this mix. All right. Um, So I'm going to, so out of five here, uh, I'm gonna give your mix a solid four, a four out of five. I gave him a three point eight last time, and I'm giving you a solid four. All right, it's the cocaine. Yeah, it's the Haley Williams song for sure. Right. And then it's, I can't say anything bad about the last two songs. Like they're just so good. I just mm-hmm. love the songs. So oh, it's like, yes, they're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree on the last two songs. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I would give it a solid 4.5 or four out of five. Uh, the only thing that probably holds it back is maybe the order for me. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I like that rearranging of it. I'd be curious to listen to it in that order. Yeah. I was thinking about doing that, but I wanted to save it for after, it might After be we did this. the reason why I want those songs, the 2J Mori and the Defeater songs in the beginning is because I'm used to work working out to those songs. So like I'm used yeah. to being like, I'm going to listen to this music right now. That is the vibe that it has yeah. too. So like, even if you don't work out to those songs, they should probably go in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Devin? So I scored them individually by song. <laughs> First one I put I gave uh, for Haley Williams point four seven points. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried to get into it. I don't think he did. Um, no, I tried <laughs> so hard. So much of my week was spent trying to get into it. What is simmer? <laughs> what is simmer? Just written on my walls. Simmer? Question mark. Just on the stove, like simmering a pot of water. yarn, <laughs> connecting the dots. What is simmer? Uh, song number two, one point. Full point. Perfect song for me. I didn't mind the placement in the playlist either. Even if you rearranged it, I still like it at number two. Mm-hmm. Number 3.66 points. <laughs> um, so we're up to 2.6 points. It was an automatic <laughs> point three point deduction for being Blink-182. <laughs> and then point one four for uh, when Tom so started singing. If you have a Blink song on your mix, it's never going to be a yeah, perfect point, score. No, no, no. <laughs> You can't just go to have a song with like you know more than a point. Just know yeah. that four point seven is the best you're gonna do. <laughs> That's okay. 
Touche Amore, 0.82 points. I love that song. Uh, Defeater. I scored it lower originally and listened to it a few more times and read the lyrics and I gave it 0.85. So for me, Defeater was above Flowers and You by Touche Amore hmm. for a total of 3.8 out of 5. Nice. Look at that. Yeah. RJ, Jones. what would you give yourself? No. <laughs> so I hate rating yourselves. Obviously, like five out of five, right? Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I gave him all points per song, and I got to, what was it, 4.1 for my final total. It's the songs that I like. I think the biggest issues that I had on there were the Haley Williams song. Mm. That was the lowest scoring one, just because it, 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 as we said, I had other songs that would fit the playlist mixtape a little better, mm-hmm. that were more that style. And I feel like it was a little off. I'm happy with the Blink one. I'm happy with the Touche. I'm happy with the Defeater one. And then Arrow West, it, it, it is, I did that one a little less too. I do like that song, but I feel like it's not part of the same genre of music. Mm-hmm. So that's why yeah. I did you know, not give myself a five out of five, even though all songs are fantastic. Okay. <laughs> so I'll do a 4.1 right. for me. Oh, nice. All right. All right. So it's a solid four, probably 4.1 yeah. for a medium score. Yeah. Yeah. I'm All proud right. of that. I'm proud of yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> were you expecting that? What were your expectations for us listening to this? Yeah. Uh, what, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> Devin wasn't going to like Blink. <laughs> but were you surprised that I liked it more than you thought it would? He liked it more than Haley Williams. Yeah. Well, it's like for something being crappy, it was not as crappy. So I knew <laughs> you wouldn't like Blink. He's yeah. expecting to yeah. hear shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm expecting to smell shit. <laughs> And I smell some flowers on top of it. I'm quite surprised about Mike, your reaction with Haley Williams. Yeah. Mm. I did not expect that at all. Yeah. I thought you'd be like, cool, it's some poppy little No, I love that. Paramore thing. No, if you give me just a solid I love pop songs more than anything. Yeah. If you give me a solidly made just pure pop song, it's just the best. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of harder thinking of these songs because I was like, I know Devin knows most of them. So I, I, was, I know his reaction on there. So I was curious about yours, but I knew you had previous experience with like Touche and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, overall, I'm just really happy with it. And I, I, you know, those are probably the ones that surprised me the most, minus Devin's hatred to Blink-182. <laughs> <laughs> you were surprised by that? <laughs> Devin has Stockholm syndrome. I have Stockholm <laughs> If I did, I would like Blink. <laughs> I'll try it one day. All right, cool. This is a good mix. Um, oh, side note. Yeah. The music video for Always was actually filmed for Blink in the Wiggles studio for that they film it in Australia. What the fuck? <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> They're like, hey, the Wiggles, can we what? do a music video here? And they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> what? All right. Travis Barker, uh, Pete Holmes, he's a comedian who has a podcast. He hasn't done anything with it in like six or eight months, which really bums me out. Yeah. But Travis Barker was on, I want to say, two episodes with Pete Holmes. Huh. And it's one of my favorite. Like, I didn't know much about Travis Barker. Like, he's I was just like, character. he's a drummer. And then I remember the plane crash, mm-hmm. but I didn't really like. I didn't care because I don't like Blink-182. Mm-hmm. And then he was on Pete Holmes' podcast, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you are fascinating. He's an like interesting an guy. Yeah, he's great. I, I really heard him on him. Rogan, and I liked him. Yeah. 
the most I've ever heard him talk. Like, I love that. So I can't remember if he's a vegan or a vegetarian. I think, I think he's vegan. Vegan, yeah. yeah. But after the plane crash, he, um, in order for his body to heal, he had to eat meat. Like, in order for his skin to heal properly, yeah. he needed that type of protein from meat. And he's like, yeah, I ate meat because I needed to, to not die. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Do and I found out on Rogan that he got throat cancer oh, yeah. from smoking too many blunts. Yeah. And then he doesn't even, like, partake in anything marijuana-related anymore. Yeah. I don't even think he does edibles. Mm-hmm. But... I didn't know who's smoking that many blunts. That's a lot of blunts. <laughs> yeah. Well, when and, you're when you're duct tape. Yeah. Well, and also the he, apparently he like set out to be a drummer. Mm-hmm. Like he learned the drums and said, "I'm gonna be a drummer. I'm gonna drum in a band." Yeah. That's what I'm gonna do. He didn't focus on anything else. He just did that for his entire life. Yeah. There was no there was no question in his mind though. Like. When he learned how to play drums, he's like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Like, didn't care about school, didn't care about going to college, didn't care about any is other job that he had. that why they recorded at the Wiggle Studio? Because of the Aquabats? Oh. Because I'm assuming the Aquabats and the Wiggles know each other. Did we just uncover a conspiracy? Because <laughs> This is a whole different time frame. Doesn't I don't one know. of the dudes from the Aquabats have another, like, kids band? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm uh, pretty the sure... The Aquabats was... Uh, prior to Enema of the State. So right. in the early 90s. So I don't know if they're still friends. I'm pretty sure the one like one of the guys out of the Aquabats made a kids band. I'm positive I wouldn't doubt it about that. Okay. I mean the Aquabats are kind of a kids band. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> or <Yeah>. next time. <laughs> Um, all right, cool. So yeah, in the description of the episode, that's where you can find us on social media. Oh, we are five song mixtape on Instagram. We haven't really launched that yet, but it's there. Uh, and we do have a Spotify now, nice, uh, which I will show you guys as right. well. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, right. look in the description. You can find um, our mixes there. And yeah, thanks for checking out the episode. Oh, I got one question. Yeah. So. With his Haley Williams song being the first song, you know, we're like, oh, it goes good with this, but not with this. Mm-hmm. What if we bring back a song from another playlist to our next playlist? Like you steal one of our two songs? No, no, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, Ooh, I didn't think about that. Swipe no, swipe. but like if for RJ's next playlist, if he starts it off with Haley Williams. Oh, if he, if. If you make a goal to be like, I want to make the perfect five song mix, yeah. so I'm going to reuse songs, you can try. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that'd be hard to pull off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Because cool. I really want to bring that jazz song I can't figure out a good reason that I shouldn't take steroids. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but where do you get them? <laughs> I don't know. That seems to be the biggest <laughs> problem with taking steroids. Also, is there like a, is there an age? Like, do you have to be over an age to take TRT? <sighs> I don't know. I think it, like if some people have a testosterone deficiency, then you could take it at whatever age. But I don't think it does anything for you if you don't have a deficiency. Hmm. 
Or so maybe that's just like taking things that boost testosterone. Who decides a deficiency? You know, doctors, scientists. <laughs> How do they know? Professors. <laughs> the homeless guy down the street. Yeah, the homeless guy down the street knows. Is what it he's just like about. it must be based off of like age and race to what like your average testosterone should be? Well, as a straight white male, <laughs> I deserve steroids. Yeah. Have you ever taken like those testosterone booster pills? <laughs> yeah, they smell so bad. I got uh, oh, what is it called? It's some shitty brand from like, yeah. Costco, Nugenics, and it smells like maple syrup that's like three years old. Like it smells really bad, <laughs> and it lasts too. It's it, but it doesn't do anything. It doesn't even give me more energy or anything. Yeah, like. It doesn't make me want to lift weights. I think that's the problem. I think you just have to want to lift weights to begin with. I don't know, man. Yeah. I I would be interested if you can go to the doctor and he can set you up with steroids and yeah. go get your blood work done once a month. I think that's the jam. Yeah. I think I got a shady doctor. <laughs> maybe get something from. Yeah. But like I, apparently steroids just help your muscles recover. That's like the biggest thing that they do. And if I'm sore all the time anyways, then why am I not taking steroids? Like I'm I mean, here for a toe thing. He's a, here's some steroids. Yeah. Like, right, I hurt cool. my toe the other day. It's kind of bruised. I should probably take some steroids for it. It's like super creatine. Yeah. Yeah. But so when you lift weights on steroids, you like get tiny tears in your muscles. Yeah. And they regenerate faster and stronger when you're on steroids. Hmm. So that's why you get all big and bulky. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like I should just take them every day. I feel good. Make me feel good. Yeah. If there was a, a, a pill to make you magically the ideal body shape that you want to (laughs) be, would you take the pill regardless of what repercussions might happen? (laughs) Okay. Those are the things that you need to check though. So (laughs) is it, the ideal body shape according to everybody else according to devin okay so now my other question follow-up question is could i go to one body type and then change to another one by taking a different pill yeah yes oh (laughs) yeah one day and the next day you're like oh you're different today like could i be like like one day be like the rock and then take a pill and I'm I don't know if you can change tall. your height. No. Okay. No, no, no. And the next day, Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just tall Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but could I be like, just the next day, just be a sumo wrestler? Uh, yes. That, yeah, be sick. <laughs> Try that out. I mean, you could have serious health complications every time you do it. <laughs> Oh, that, that could be a nice way of getting money, though. Be like, check out my workout routine, buy my program. I can oh, lose yeah. so much weight and see my before and after photos and just literally take a picture of that day and the next day and be like, I lost oh, yeah. 40 pounds. Be a snake oil salesman. Just like sell them sugar pills. Yeah. Just be like, look what happened to me. 